return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. About early and one for us, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, says, of course, that Christ died for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. He did that. Amen. Uh, going to heaven, the only way you're going to get into heaven is because of Jesus Christ. You're never going to get there because how good you are. You're going to get there because how good he is. Amen. So someday, someday, if you, you have to have your trust in the Lord. Amen. You prepare in this life for the next life. You don't just hope to get there. You plan to get there because of your faith and trust in the Lord. And then you know as you enter in, it's only because of the grace of God, the blood of Jesus, all right? So he died for us, he was buried, he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says then that we purge out the old leaven. Old leaven is just old thinking. Old thinking, old, old ideas, and realize that Jesus was our Passover. Say, he was my Passover. He was sacrificed for us. So you take things, you know, in the, in the religious world, people, people, you know, observe different things. Like in the Easter season, there's Lent and Good Friday and Easter Sunday and so forth. And the Jews at this time of the year also is Passover. But, but when you live for Jesus, it's not just about religion, it's a relationship. And you really, you personalize it and realize he did that for me. Amen. So you personally believe yourself. It's not based on the church you go to. It's not based on that. It's not based on some membership. It's based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So 2 Corinthians 5.21 then says that he was made sin for us. He, was made, he, he knew no sin, but he was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, so that we might be in a right relationship with him. All because of Jesus. Amen? It's so, it's so, uh, so wonderful. I mean, you're listening, you might be in your home right now, but it's a relationship. And as close as, as right where you're at, he is there. And when we call out to him and we believe him and we trust him, he is right there with you. Amen. It's a relationship. He was made sin for us. Uh, praise God for that. Amen. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that we might become his sons and his daughters. So that we might be part of his family. In fact, Romans chapter 8 says that, that uh, uh, we were made heirs. Spirit bears witness that we are the children of God. Now for children, if, if you have a parent, and so you're, you're a son or daughter of your mom and dad. You're part of that family. Because of the blood of Jesus, we become in, come into the family of God. And God himself is our father. So, so many people look at, look at God, he's way off someplace out there. No, it's this relationship again. He's your father. He loves you. He's there for you. He cares about you and I. Amen. So it's not a distance sort of thing. It's a very close thing. 
So my children would identify as they were growing up, had my name. They took my name, my wife's name. They took our name and were our children. They identified with us. We as parents did everything we could to be a blessing to our children. There's not any parents who want to do bad things to their kids, is there? If there is, uh, just let me know afterwards. I'll report you to social services, right? I mean, uh, God wants to do good things for his kids. And so many times he gets a bad rap because people blame things on God that God did stuff. And folks, if that was the case, he'd be in prison today because he'd be a sadistic parent, a sadistic father. He's not that way. He's a good father. And so we become the children of God and we're actually heirs of God. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So you actually think Jesus is their savior, but he's also our brother now. Because we're in this family, so he's also our brother. And so one that we receive what he's got even now. We are his children. Sometimes we're waiting, people are waiting, well in heaven this will happen. But Jesus actually taught us the Lord, Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. Amen? So in heaven are only good things. In heaven is the presence of God. In heaven, in heaven there's no pain and there's no sickness. There's none of that stuff. So Jesus is just saying, as he's taught us to pray, believe for those things now. Why do we do that? Just your quality of life. You're living life. You're, you're a child of the Most High God. And I believe as we are, we're representatives of him here on this earth. That people can see the blessing of God on our lives right now. That we're just different people. We live in a different way. We walk with the peace of God. We're not living in fear and torment. What's going to happen? We know the future that he holds the future. So we know where we're going. Easter celebrates all the victory over death that we know where we're going. So after this life is life. Abundant, really great life. So we, we because of that, we begin to act like his children Joint heirs, an heir means you have what he has, right? So what God has, you have. Just turn your name and say, you've been blessed. <laughs> you've been blessed with everything that heaven has. So for heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So the Christ rose again from the grave, seated at the right hand of the Father. We are an heir with that. We have resurrection life. So the, the life that he lived is a life we have now. Not someday, but today. See, that's the wonderful thing about Easter. It's not, it's not like, oh, we're celebrating, and then like, oh, someday it's going to be good. No, we have, we have these things right now because of what Christ has done for us. Isaiah 53 says a prophetic word that the prophet Isaiah had about Christ and what he would do at the cross of Calvary. So, so... It says this, he bore our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our distresses. He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. We ignorantly thought he was stricken and smitten, afflicted of God as, as if like leprosy. But he, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And that with the stripes of Jesus that wounded him were, made, were healed and made whole. So as his children, God cares about his children and put on Jesus the iniquity of man, which happened because of the fall of man, which happened because of Adam's sin in the garden. Now, let me just stop a second. The world is still a fallen place. 
The world, because of Adam's sin, is still fallen. But Christ redeemed humanity for those who wanted to trust him. The world is still fallen. But he redeemed us as whoever would trust him to become a son and daughter. Amen. In the meantime, we're living in this fallen world. All kinds of bad things in this world. But someday we're going to heaven and someday he's coming back again. And this world will be changed. (laughs) There will be judgment then. But right now, this grace of God is extended to people to try to reach more people to come to know him as Lord and Savior. God so loved the world. God didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't send Jesus to condemn. He sent Jesus to love the world. Amen. So think about it. We've talked about love and all these things. And God's love is unconditional. So there's no condition. But he just commissioned love toward humanity. But we have to receive it. Amen. People have to receive, embrace the love of God for them. If they reject the thing, I'm going to do things my own way. They have a right to do that. But listen, no one ends up in heaven or hell accidentally. If someone ends, you know, I just want to say this. So God does not send anybody to hell. People choose to go to hell. He doesn't send them there. They send themselves there. Why would he do that? Why? No, they're sending themselves there by their rejection of the very one who loves them. He doesn't send people to hell. They die. They go there because that's what they chose. They chose to reject God. They chose a life without his light. So, so love in Jesus Christ is so powerful that, that we as receive this, now all of a sudden we're his children and we begin to act like his children. Kind to people, good to people, nice to people, pray for your enemies. Amen. Bless, bless your enemies. See, God wants to visit people. It's amazing how many people who are terrible in life actually live long lives. And the reason they did, I think, is because God's still trying to reach them. Terrible dictators live long time. The other day I was praying, I just in prayer, and all of a sudden I thought of Putin. And so I began to pray for him. Why? Because God loves him. He loves him. Doesn't like what he's doing, but he loves the person. God loves people. And so we want to pray for people. People, whoever he lays on your heart. Amen. You don't want to treat him like the devil. No, they're still alive. They have a soul that he died for. Then that's what we celebrate at Easter. We celebrate this resurrection life. We celebrate this love. We celebrate the fact that he was wounded for us. He took, he took our sins, our transgressions. He took our sicknesses. All of that on him so that we might have life today. So that you might be healthy. So that you might be blessed. Not so you can live life the way you want to, but you can live it for his glory. Amen. You know, the goal in life isn't that you grow up, you retire, you've got a great 401k account and so forth like that. That's not the goal in life. You can save money. That's good. I understand that. But the goal in life is that you keep serving Jesus Christ. And if there's a day that you retire from your natural job, hallelujah, you can do more for the Lord in some other capacity. Amen. In churches or ministries or things like that or food kitchens or different things. You can do more for Jesus Christ then. See, we get it all wrong. We think it's all about us and so forth. No, it's all about him. (laughs) And we owe our life to him. (laughs) And if I'm his son and you're a son or daughter and so forth, then I want to do what's his heart. His heart is to people. Amen. Amen. 
So we don't want to miss it. So many times people think of the gospel, they think of the gospel as just one thing. Well, he died for our sins. He did. But he died that we might be made whole. Amen. So you want to see the complete picture. You don't want to miss the mark. Some uh, years ago, I, I realized I'm, I'm not a great hunter. The only time I ever got a pheasant, I think the pheasant died laughing. Uh, and just, ha, ha, he missed again, you know. Or maybe one BB hit him or something like that. But I realized, I realized after suffering through missed shots and so forth, we were out one time and this rooster got up right in front of me. He had to be like 10 feet literally from me. I shot and I missed. <laughs> the farmer I was with said, how could you miss? I actually shot twice. Boom, boom, shot again. And, and how could you miss that bird? And I thought, I don't know, but I sure felt embarrassed. I always thought I would be, I would be good on a hunting party because I'm a good walker. And I could uh, get them up like a good dog. <laughs> Let them shoot them. Anyway, so, so I realized my shooting, ever heard of shooting eye? Hold up, a, hold up your thumb a second. Hold up your thumb and look at, look at a letter up here. The D or the J or the whatever like that. Look at, keep your, both eyes open. Look at both eyes and try to center your thumb right on that, right on that letter you're looking at. All right. Now close one eye. See where your thumb is. Close your other eye. See where your thumb is. Now, if your both eyes are open, you got it right on there. And the eye that you open is right on. That's your shooting eye. Well, I was always shooting to the left. <laughs> so I was, see, so I'm like this. I've got my right eye here like that, way off, way off. So I was missing, I was missing the mark. So your shooting eye might not be your right eye, it might be your left eye. That might be the eye that's right on. So spiritually, though, we're looking at something, and a lot of people just think, well, this is, this is the whole gospel here. And they're missing, they're missing the mark that God has done so much more for us. So many people are waiting to get to heaven that, oh, well, we can get to heaven then, you know, things will be good. No, you can do this now. Say now. <laughs> we don't have to wait to heaven to experience his life. Resurrection life. We can have it now. You can have peace now. You can have joy now. You can have health now. You can have your needs met now. I mean, God wants to take care of his children. And this is not automatic. Why? Because we live in a world that's fallen. We have an adversary, the devil, who tries to hinder us at every opportunity he can to keep us from getting what is ours. It's like I, I've said before, if you, if you were in a will, you were an heir, and the, the, the testator died, and so now you have a testament. You have a testament. We have a testament here of the life of Christ. When the testator died, Jesus the testament came into force. The New Testament came into force through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is alive today. This is, has power and authority. If your loved one passed away and you knew you were in the will, you would want to know what the will is, correct? What's in the will? My name's in the will. What did I get? See, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, a lot of people just, they never read the Bible. They don't know what's in it. It's amazing how spiritual people can sound at a funeral. I'm, I'm sure they're in heaven. They don't, don't know a hill of beans about Scripture. But somehow they're sure they're in heaven. Sorry. 
God's not going to make a special deal for you so you can feel happy. He did it, did it for all of us the same. They're not a respecter of persons. It's all right here in the book. If you knew you were in the will, you would, as soon as, soon as the funeral's over and so forth, the appropriate day, you'd go to the attorney to have the reading of the will. Correct? You'd read what's in it. And once you read what's in it and you realize, wow, I'm an heir, what would you do then? Well, you wouldn't close the book and say, that's really nice, Pastor. That's really nice. No, you'd go and get it. The bank account is such and such and such. It's at this bank and so forth. You'd go and get what belongs to you. And you'd bring the right papers to say, this now is transferred to my name. It belongs to me because my loved one designated it to me. God designated his word through Jesus Christ to you and I so that we might live this life now even with his blessing, with his love, with his goodness, not just waiting for heaven, but right now. Hallelujah. And you'd claim it for yourself. Every day I'm reading the will. Every day I'm reading the book. Every day I'm looking. Oh, boy, that's oh, that's a good promise. And I'm standing on it, standing on it, standing on it, believing it and so forth in my life. And folks, it's important that we do this. Why? Because otherwise you're just run over by the world. If people say, well, if it's the will of God, it'll just happen. Well, if it's the will, then somehow that money will get to you someday, even though you never go claim it. No, you know that won't happen. You have to go claim it. You have to take it for yours personally. Amen. So in other words, if it's designated for to me, my wife can't go get it. It's in my name. I have to do that. You have to do that. Spiritually, we have to go and receive what God has given to us. We don't want to miss the mark. We don't want to miss all these blessings that he's got. Psalm 103 just says this. Psalm 103. Great psalm here. David is writing. He says, bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. Affections. Put your put your heart into it. Amen. Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So when your heart is in something, you get pretty excited, right? Hey, like we said last week, last week, Palm Sunday and so forth. So, you know, of course, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and everybody was excited and all that. And of course, for many, many Christendom, people go to church and today is the big day. You know, it's People are either Easter lily or poinsettia Christians. You know, you go to church on Easter, you go to church on Christmas Day. That's kind of how it is. And a lot of the Christian world. And then people stand there like little soldiers and little statues and hallelujah. And say they parrot their things. Affectionately means your heart's in it. And most, most of the time, like we said last, last week, you know, we all grew up in denominations and places that, that we think, you know, well, this is how we do this. We do this this way. We're reverent this way. This was reverency, doing nothing, <laughs> being quiet. People say, I don't get emotional. Of course, that's 100% wrong. People go to the games all the time. They went to the NIT games with the SDSU women playing. I didn't, you know, I watched, I watched for over the TV and so forth. I didn't see anybody standing there like this. I didn't see anybody stand. They were shouting. They were screaming. They had all kinds of stuff. People had faces painted and stuff like that. Why? Because they were affectionately praising their team. I mean, that's just the way it was. They were affectionately praising their team, the SDSU women's basketball team. They were excited about it. 
Now we come to the place we want to affectionately bless our Lord. Now, I don't want to treat him any different than I would treat some other athletic event, right? <laughs> Amen? It's like tithing. Tithing are, well, I don't think I'll really tithe, you know. And then they go to the, wait, they go to the, the, the restaurant and so forth. Now it's 18%, 20%, 25%. Say, what are you going to give? People aren't balking on, oh, I'm not, never coming back here again. They're not asking for 10%. They're asking for double that. Yet when Christians, they would come down to the Lord. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to tithe. And it shows how they appreciate God. I'm just, I just going to say, the level we appreciate Him is the level we get blessed. Amen. It really is. The level that I show my love and so forth. Folks, God is so good. I should have been dead years ago. Not dead. Still alive. Hallelujah. Blessed of the Lord. Many, many things. Faced bankruptcy. Faced all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. God is blessed, blessed, blessed. Abundantly blessed. He is worthy of all praise and honor. So we affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, your mind, intellect, emotions, all that is within me to bless his holy name. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Forget not one of all his benefits. So first of all, you have to know there's benefits, let alone forget them. Amen. So you got to know, you have to know there's some benefits. Well, what does it start with? He forgives all your iniquities. Oh, praise God. Forgives all my sins. Turn to your neighbor and say, that should make you excited. I mean, if he forgives us, he forgives us, right? So, so we in turn, see now, not, it's, this is, we have a part in this. We're saying, Lord, forgive me, right? We're turning to him. That's what... The word repent, we're turning to the Lord now. We're asking for forgiveness. He forgives all, say all, all, all of our iniquities. Then notice what it says, he heals all, each one of all your diseases. Well, this is what he does. If he says this, he means this. This isn't a scripture like in heaven, uh, this will happen. No, these are scriptures for us now, here now, right now. We're on the ground right now. Amen. It's a testimony. It's a test. Your life becomes a testimony for others. Your life becomes a testimony that God has forgiven you, cleansed you, set you free. Your life is a testimony that you're well. Amen. We have to understand that. Do you, do you eat right? Do you do all that? Yes, you do all those things. However, we still live in a fallen world. You can eat perfect and still there could be problems, right? So we thank God for every day that we have. I would say this. Now, some of you maybe are not able to attend that are watching, but people here, you were physically well enough to get up and to come. You used to say, hallelujah. You don't want to be someday where you're bedfast and you can't get up anymore. You say, oh, I just wish I could get up. I wish I could walk to the kitchen. I wish I could do that, 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 fill it in. See, you want to appreciate right now what you have. And you actually want to thank God that you have it, that you have health. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to appreciate your health. (laughs) Appreciate your health. You know, it isn't like, like I've told people before, your life is terminal already. So someday a doctor might say, sorry, Dave, your life's terminal. Well, it already is terminal. It's not terminal because the doctor says it. It's terminal because God says it. It's appointed in a man to die once. Yeah. 
Not twice, not spiritually, but to die once physically. And then you go to heaven. Hallelujah. So you appreciate the life that you have now. We just had a good friend uh, in Canada that, God bless his soul, just loved God and preached the gospel around the world and so forth. Well, maybe some of you years, years ago heard him, Ralph Howe. He just passed away, suddenly went to be with the Lord and, and uh, uh, a life well lived, living for Jesus. You want to be ready when that day comes, amen. But in the meantime, you want to make the most of your life for Jesus Christ. So he forgives us and he heals us. Now, I want you to notice, he says, all, say all. All your diseases, Jesus sent out the disciples. He said, heal sick, heal diseases, heal sicknesses and so forth. Amen. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and mark. He said, with the great commission, you shall lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. They'll get better and better and better. Why am I saying this? Because this is the part of the shooter's eye. A lot of times people just miss like, what am I missing here? Well, you're looking with the wrong eye here. You got to look at the full picture of what Christ did for us when we celebrate Easter and the resurrection. Look at the full picture. Amen. So the scriptures then, what happens when we're looking at the full thing, get clearer. The next verse is there. I think there's a couple more verses. He redeems our life from the pit, from hell. Redeems our life from, from corruption. He beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. When is that? Now. That's now. That's not when we get to heaven. No, that's right now. Right now we need this loving kindness. Right now we need tender mercy. Amen? Right now we need the, the scriptures we talked about on love, that he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. And then it says, you should be, you should be like your father, the children of the highest. Right now you need kindness. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need kindness. <laughs> Turn it again and say, you need mercy. Because that's what we're giving away to people. We're giving away kindness and mercy and love. Amen. I think it's very sad that you see Christians, you know, and they're, they're just like this, and they're sober, and they're gritting their teeth, and they're against this and this. And it's like, oh, my goodness, Lord. <laughs> Jesus is for people. Amen. I don't care who the people are. Jesus is for the people. Amen. He loves people. He died for their sins. Think of anybody on the planet. Think of any sin. Think of any cause, whatever. He died for them. He cares about people. And he wants to crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And I think, boy, that's a good thing. I need that. Head to, head to toe. He satisfies your mouth, uh, your desire, your personal age and situation. He satisfies your mouth with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It's strong. It's overcoming. It's soaring. Amen. All the older people say amen. amen. <laughs> you know, so many times the world will tell you, look, look at your age. You're old or you're this or that. And and folks, I realize this. I'm going to places and, you know, all the ladies are opening the doors for me, you know. I'll get the door for you, sir, as if I have no strength left. Thank you. Thank I'm not, I'm not ashamed to thank you. Thank you. Appreciate I do have strength, but. But, you know, your age is a number. Your age is a number. Your, your brain is alive unto God. Amen. So some people that we knew that in they're going to 80 and they were still going to India or still going to Africa and still doing things for the gospel. People say, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I'm, hey, just say, I'm, pardon me, is there an expiration limit on this? I didn't know there's an expiration limit. Amen. Expiration date. 
There's not an expiration date on Scripture. It's for all of us. Your youth can be renewed. I'm not talking about that you're going to go out and play all these games and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, you can feel good. You can feel good in your body and you can feel good in your life. Amen? Amen. You can. Because it's the Word of God. And so because it's the Word of God, I want to claim it. Jesus has provided these things for us through the cross of Calvary so that we can have His life in our life. Amen? First Peter uh, 1.3 just says we have a living hope. So we're going through life living in hope. Praising God and so forth. is boundless mercy. We've been born again to an ever-living hope. Well, when do we need that? We need that now. Amen? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We need this living hope now. When you get to heaven, you don't need hope. When you get to heaven, you don't need faith. You're there. But in this life, in this life, we need an ever-living hope. So, so it, means, it means I'm going to go to bed in hope. I'm going to get up in hope. I'm going to work in hope. I'm going to live my life in hope. I'm going to do things in hope. In hope of what? In hope of the, for the promises of God. In hope that things will be manifested. In hope that He will be glorified and so forth through our lives. Amen. Your prayers. You pray in hope and in faith. Amen? Amen. So 1 John 3.8. Just got a few more minutes here. 1 John 3.8. Jesus, it says uh, uh, here, The reason the Son of God was manifest, visible to us, was to undo, loosen, and dissolve destroy the works of the devil. So he was manifested, he was revealed to destroy what? Sin, sickness, poverty, poor mental health, lack of peace or lack of joy. Jesus was manifested to give us the things that are actually things from heaven that become resident in us right now. Not saying our life's perfect, but I am saying that we can live in a place of blessing in God. Amen? Because Jesus was manifested to destroy, loosen, dissolve, get rid of the works of the devil. Now, to get rid of that involves your personal life. Why? Because the world is still fallen. Okay? But we're always talking about a personal relationship. I went to church all my life as a child. In our church, you know, you had Sunday school. If you had good attendance, you get a pin and so forth. So, so my parents had me go to church. I looked like a little general with all my little pins, you know, the attendance records and so forth. But I never knew Jesus. I knew about God, but I didn't know God. Big difference, right? So I did, all I knew was religion. I knew the things you do and don't and so forth like that. But I never knew a relationship with the one who's alive. Until someone started to share with me about Jesus Christ. People witnessed to me on campus. And then in a nightclub one time, my junior year of college, God speaks to me in, a, in the bar. And I turn my life to Jesus. I get saved right there on the dance floor. And begin living for Him. Didn't know anything. Didn't know scripture or anything like that. Been through all the confirmation, catechism, so forth. But now I began, pulled out my confirmation Bible and started to read it with new eyes. New eyes begin to see it totally different. And all of a sudden now, like words were coming off the page like, oh, wow, that's really good. 
Got to the third chapter of John when talk, Jesus talking to Nicodemus about being born again. So that's me. That's what happened. Christ came to save sinners. He came to undo the devil's works so that you and I might live for him now as lights and witnesses for him. You have a job. We all have a job. Whether you realize it or not, I'm going to tell you what it is. You're to be a witness. You're to be an ambassador. You're to tell others about Jesus. Amen? Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a job to do. The reason is because we're going to leave here someday if the Lord doesn't come back first. We're leaving here, and then others are going to take up the things we've been doing. Amen? And do the same things for God's glory. So Jesus said in John 10.10, he says, I've come that you might have life. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might enjoy life, have and enjoy life. Say enjoy life. We're not just suffering to get through here. We're enjoying life. Life is good. Amen. Life is good. If you're with family later today, you know what you ought to do? You ought to laugh. You ought to put a smile on your face and laugh. You should purpose to have fun. I'm not talking about drinking something. I'm talking about a relationship. You have fun because Christ lives in your heart. So Jesus came. Jesus came that you might have, have and enjoy life and have it to an abundance, to the full, till it overflows. I think Christians ought to be fun people. <laughs> should be fun people to be around. The world needs people like that. Amen. The world is a sour, angry place. They need to see people to, to think, what, what are you on? What are you living? What's going on in your life? Why are you smiling? <laughs> Amen? That's how it should be. Some people say, that's just not possible. And I'd say, you haven't read the Bible. Because in the Bible, all these things are possible. All the scripture is possible. That's why Jesus came. That you might have life and enjoy the life. Turn to your neighbor and say, enjoy the life. We can enjoy the life. First John four seventeen then says that as Jesus is, the Lord is, perf- has, has, is perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. As he is, so are we. Well, we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So this resurrection life can be lived in us today. As he is, so are we. Hallelujah. I have this life in me. I'm blessed of the Lord. And so, so God wants to, to bless you, use you for his glory and honor. He gives you wisdom. Let's talk about prosperity. He gives you wisdom on how to spend your money. You're not just cranking money out for you. No, you've got to be wise. How do you manage your money? Amen? In other words, don't spend everything you make. Hallelujah. Two amens, hallelujah, the rest of you get it, okay. Don't spend everything you make, right? You save money. You save, you plan to be blessed. You plan to be blessed. Same thing physically, I plan to be blessed, so I take care of myself in addition to thanking God for his promises. I plan to be blessed as he is, so are we, when? Today. There's no sickness, there's no fear, or no sickness, no fear, no pain, no poverty in heaven. God doesn't have any of that to give. So someone can't say, well, he gave them this sickness. Or the Lord, that came from the Lord. Well, he can't, he can't give what he doesn't have. If there's no sickness in heaven, how can he give it? I heard someone the other day, very sad deal. You know, someone talked, 
motivational speaker and so forth. And then they mentioned how their wife died and how God, God took them and this was God's plan and all the things. I'm thinking, oh, this is sad. Guy's living a sad life. Motivational speaker, but a sad life. Because he has the wrong perspective of his father. God didn't kill his wife. Been married five years. God didn't kill his wife. She died of a heart attack. God didn't kill his wife. God's not killing people. He wants people to live. Who kills them? Well, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, that's the devil. We live in a fallen world. And that's why we need to always be ready, right, to meet the Lord. But we always have to look at the fingerprints. There's a crime scene. What's the fingerprint? Let's dust it off. Ah, let's see. Ah, that didn't come from God. Go to the New Testament. It didn't come from God. Jesus brought us life. As he is, so are we in this world. And then 3 John 2 says, beloved above all things. Jesus uh, came and said, uh, no, that's the wrong. So it's 3 John 2. It says, beloved above all, I wish above all things that you may be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. When is this? It's right now. Say now. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to use your life for his glory and honor. That you would be like him. Amen. That you bring glory to his name. I wish above all things your soul should prosper, first and foremost. Then be in health. Then have your needs met so you can do what? So you can do the gospel. So you can do those things. There it is. Uh, There. Prosper in every way. Your body may keep well, even as your soul keeps well. And prospers. Just close your eyes just for a minute. Today, I just want to say, people are watching on camera and so forth like that, but I want to ask this question. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? This is a life, this is kind of a, this is a life prayer. Do you know him? Have you surrendered your life to him? The question isn't, do you go to church? The question isn't, are you a member of a church? Those are immaterial. The question is, do you know Jesus? Now, I want to say that Jesus knows you and he loves you without you even knowing it. He's already been blessing your life, touching your life. But now is a day that you can open up your heart and say, Lord, I surrender to you. Just very simple. Just say with me, say, Lord, I surrender to you. Say, Lord, I open my heart. I ask you to be my savior. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for touching my life. And today, Lord, I purpose to live for you. I purpose to follow you. And I surrender my life to you. Now, thank you, Jesus, for revealing yourself to me. Revealing who you are to me. And I praise you today, Lord, for this life that you've given to me. In Jesus' name. You can have inner prosperity. Your soul prospers. You can have outer prosperity where where you're in health and your needs are met. Because of what Jesus has done. That's what we're celebrating today. Looking at the whole picture. Not part of the picture. Not trying to miss anything. But looking at the whole picture. Amen. Amen. There's Bibles in the back. If you want to take a Bible today, uh, you can pick up a Bible. Or there's Gideon Bibles you can take today as far as reading and so forth like that. But there's nothing like looking at what the will says. Amen. 
especially the New Testament. Why? Because that's the covenant we're living in. The Old Testament is an old covenant that we're no longer living in. We're living in the New Testament, a new covenant. Amen? So that's how, God, how we want to see God's relationship to us today. Amen. So, Father, thank you for blessing each person here, blessing each person listening. Thank you for your touch in their lives. Thank you for your blessing today on their families. As people celebrate the resurrection, Lord, we thank you for your great grace. We thank you for pouring out your spirit on us. We bless each one now in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Reach out. Bless your neighbor. Amen. No service tonight, but a great week ahead. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net. Or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.